0: mm Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay at home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. If you're new, welcome. We're equally excited to have you here as well. Thank you so much for stopping by to check out this this episode this podcast and see what it's all about the way that this podcast usually goes is that I share a journal entry of mine um, when I was in the thick of the struggle and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then um, but today we have a guest her name is also Kim and um, Kim do you go by Kim or Kimberly
1: Kim is fine <laughs> Okay.
0: so um so just a little side note when um, my mom did not want to name, like, she did not want my name to be Kimberly because she didn't want to, the nickname to be Kim. Right. Uh, because there was a girl in high school that she did not like, and that girl's name was Kim. Mm. And so, um, my mom apparently broke that girl's nose with a volleyball. I'm like, geez, mom. Like, oh, no. You were a mean girl. <laughs> um, and so, the agreement over the was
1: name, yeah,
0: that my name had to be Kimberly. No one would ever call me Kim. And my life, I've always, like a whole thing, I always go by Kim. And now I'm 40 and she still writes on my birthday cards, Kimberly. Kimberly.
1: <laughs> i <I'm> like, that <laughs> shit has sailed. Right. Like, She's got it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she so she holds that true from day up and all the way to now 40. Kimberly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. man. That's, that's too cute because I got the opposite. Oh, okay. I got the opposite. Um, the first thing that came in mind was my um, adopted mom that came in. She didn't even know she was about to pretty much raise me, but she um, thought of Kim Hughes. And so uh, we did the opposite because she immediately stuck to the Kim. Oh, that's <laughs> and so then funny. my dad was like, well, yeah, we could call her Kim, but Kimberly. Kimberly is good, but it was all about Kim Hughes' spirit of her sweetness and everything that she thought of because I interrupted her stories and she was like, name her Kim, Kim. <laughs> So I, the, so I got the I got the
0: opposite, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. So Kim is joining us this evening. Um her full name is Kimberly Bell and she um Has I'll say an interesting background in that she does. um, I know I'm going to mispronounce the word. I think liturgical dance is that how you say it?
1: Liturgical, Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I
0: was close. I don't think I said it quite like that. Praise (laughs) dance. Um, But she's you're a minister, and then you're also an author. So um, your book is a memoir um, about your life's journey. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, um, I love inspiring others. Uh, I am just really an inspirational speaker. Um, minister, I have that uh ministerial um, you know, uh college uh courses and uh went and got a socialist degree in theology and um been in the background of Amy Zion. So I have uh, really been blessed with the foundation of uh spiritual and um and educational wise in the in the religious uh religion part and um but I am a proud mother of four adult children wow and one minor and six I believe it's six or seven um think it's yeah seven uh grandchildren so Whoa. it is yeah so it has been quite a journey but I am just so blessed to um be able to m- find a balance of motherhood for adult children and my minor that just turned seven so it's been uh yeah yeah and then and then stick the role of a grandmom because a grandmom is so totally different than me and a mom you yes. can tell them back home so a grandmom is totally different so there I, I I always describe my kids as my my children which is total of five is my heartbeats and my grandkids is the strings because they know how to pull those strings to my heart yes <laughs>
0: Yes. So. I love it. That's so cute. And it's true because I'm telling you, when my kids come back from my parents, they, my parents allowed them at my mom's house and at my dad's house. I'm like, wait a second. Right. <laughs> I was never allowed to do those things. And they just kind of smile like, well, but that's because we're the grandparents. I'm like, oh, okay. Noted. Right. Noted. right. 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 So you have Four adult children, and then you have a minor child. So you have the whole, and then grandkids. So you have the whole spectrum. I do, don't I? Yes, <laughs> I'm sure blessed. it keeps you busy.
1: Yes. yes, it keeps me busy, but it also keeps me being able to be authentically, genuinely, and um, honest about the journey yes. and to be able to share it. Because I still go through challenges and I have to seek prayer a lot and mm-hmm. wisdom on how to um you know, love, you know, um, and not stand in the way of the growth for my adult children. And also, you know, the growth for my minor, it's it's quite mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so and it's interesting, because when you were raising, so when your adult children were children, things were different than they are now. And so Absolutely. you have the perspective of, like, I'll say, like, the adult children, like, probably grew up in the 90s. And mm-hmm. then, now you have a minor who's growing up in the 21st century. So so different. Yes,
1: it is. It really is. But I kind of keep a lot of the morals and the values the same. And even with uh, she's an aunt, which is she's a uh, on at a young age where yeah. her nieces is, is, is older than them. <laughs> they're they're still so so. but uh um even with their raising their children and me raising you can even still see quite different and we respect mm-hmm. that. Um but it it's also a good season in my life that I'm able to voice and and not have that silent cry and be able to be vocal to inspire other mothers. I had her at um, the minor at 42, and oh. um, so I'm I'm able to share. My oldest one is 33. Um, I had her at 15. Wow, so, so, um, so exactly, exactly. So being able to um, walk the road, but also yeah. um, be determined to be able to share it. And in such an honest and genuine way, it's, it's such a blessing because I really believe that's my purpose-filled life is to yeah. go do all that, that I've been through, but also be able to willing to share that, uh, Ah, yeah. it's been some times that I just wanted to give up and I wanted just to give in. And I just want to say, I can't do this. <laughs> but yeah. 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 I think that's, I think we've all been there
0: and had that feeling of wanting to give up and be like, that's it, done, tapping yeah. out. Thanks so much. It's been fun, but moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so what was, so I know your memoir was about, I'm assuming part of your journey of becoming a teenage mom. So how did you, um, move through that? Because I can't imagine that was easy having a baby at 15.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was really um challenging. I, by that time I was adopted and um raised by my paternal um my paternal uh um aunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. paternal aunt, my dad's uh, oldest sister and um her husband. And um even at 15 um I had to really accept that, um, the pregnancy and everything had led from a lot of abandonment mm-hmm. issues and acceptance, accepting acceptance and validation mm-hmm. and, um, some rejection. Mm-hmm. And so when I had a encounter at 13, um, some uh child molestation through a, a family member that they had um openly accepted um because of his uh relationship with god to come and um not just be a visitor but live with us for a while, which mm-hmm. they didn't intentionally make that call to hurt me it was just that they were very religious and they Mm -hmm. felt that they were helping him but he had issues of his own so at 13 almost a year of being um of finding that I went through such um a confusing uh season of my life of love and acceptance Mm -hmm. from someone that I trusted that first uh validated that I mattered and that mm-hmm. he loved me, mm-hmm. that those issues not worked out led to a lot of the pregnancy of yeah. me um, being open to the first time of um, having sex of just feeling like, I can't think of an- another excuse. I really don't want yeah. to. I really don't. But it seems that he likes me. It seems that he's saying that he loves me. So why not? right so i um so i you know and I, I was very very uh active in school at that time very young and um of course the uh, adopted parents they were much much older and mm-hmm. they were very religious and we h- even had names of private parts so mm-hmm. at you know at that experience even though it was very challenging it allowed me to really set forth the foundation of my, um, memoir to want to accept that it happened Mm -hmm. and some areas was broken that needed to be healed. And that it was at times shameful for me to, to express and hide behind the smile or the laugh when people say, um, things like, well, you had, uh, you were baby having a baby, you know, like it was just nothing. (laughs) And, um, I would go home and cry Mm -hmm. because, it would hurt but at that time i would cover it with a smile like yeah yeah i did you know but um um but also be able to once I accepted it and embraced that it happened, that though that foundation didn't have to stay broken, that it could be a learning experience for me, to build my legacy with my children, and to get my children or anybody else that having children to understand mm-hmm. the fundamentals of love and mm-hmm. um, and uh, communication and, yeah. uh, and and acceptance mm-hmm. and validation to um, eliminate things like that to happen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I really
0: resonate with that. Um, because my high school boyfriend, that relationship didn't start abusive, but it turned abusive and I didn't want to date him initially. Mm -hmm. I was completely repulsed by him, but there really wasn't anyone else knocking at the door, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. seemed interested looking back now. There was a boy who was interested, but his nickname, I couldn't get past it. And I was like, I can't date that boy. But then (laughs) later, but he was so nice. He was a good kid. like, I was stupid of me not to have dated him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can remember riding on the school bus my senior year and seeing him with a girl holding hands in the parking lot. Like he had driven her to school and I can remember feeling so jealous, like, oh, (laughs) I could have had that boyfriend, but instead I have the boyfriend that beats the living day life out of me. Right. And so at the same thing, like I ended up in that relationship in that situation because I was looking for validation and acceptance and mm-hmm. love in mm-hmm. all the wrong ways.
1: All the wrong and ways. So,
0: Yes. And yeah. so my legacy is very similar to yours is that I want something different for my girls. because I have two daughters and um, Lily mm-hmm. is almost 13 and Casey just turned 10. Mm-hmm. And so that way they don't grow up, you know, I can't prevent it. I can't not make it not happen, but at least I can do what I can to prevent it from happening is for them to not end up in a situation like I was in. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So I think that's amazing that, you know, at such a young age, you were able to make that decision for yourself and Mm -hmm. say, you know, this happened to me, but I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen to my kids.
1: Yeah. I remember. Um, and I will never forget. Um, because The nine months went by so fast and the physical and emotional and the uh, mental just was like like a switch. And I remember just like it was yesterday, laying down in that bed at PRMC. I was the youngest one at that time at our local hospital. And I remember the doctor literally getting on the bed and looking at me and saying, Kim, you can cry because I was just holding so much in. Yeah, And I remember when he put her in my arms and I looked at this baby and I just started wailing and crying. And I remember in my back of my mind saying to myself that this child, no matter how many other kids I had, but this one was going to put that foundation Mm -hmm. what's gonna start my change in my life of any gift that God give me that I was gonna do the best I could and she would never feel the part of not being a gift that I had, I had felt yeah. with, with my, with my mother and my, my parents. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was very, uh, it was a very <laughs> crazy, but, um, fulfilling revelation at 15 that yeah. I, 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 I stuck to and here I'm five kids now. Yeah. <laughs> still, and still I think, to. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you know, I think that's amazing that you had that revelation at 15, because I feel like some adults, never have that realization, yeah. Yeah. no matter how, you know, many years of age they have, they never have that realization. So it was such mm-hmm. a huge gift that you yes. were given that insight at 15 and to be able to have the strength to actually move forward and make it happen. Yeah, I can tell yeah. you when I was 15, <laughs> uh, I was dating the not good boyfriend and I was mm-hmm. a wild child. So mm-hmm. Grounded mm-hmm. all the time, sneaking out, <laughs> doing things I shouldn't have been doing, saying things I shouldn't have been saying. Um, mm-hmm. So, which I wasn't always like that when I, before that boyfriend, I was a straight A student. I always did well in school. I played right. sports, but you know, in that relationship, things started to it's, get derailed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. I just think that's so admirable because most 15 year olds don't have the ability yeah. to have that right. realization and then to actually yeah. make
1: it happen. Now I will say, uh, some of one of the statements helped my real realization that kind of was a pro but kind of con in in in, in so many words. My adopted mom, I remember I had to tell our pastor uh, that I was pregnant, which was a huge meeting just yeah. in between and that I wasn't really ready for, but mentally it you know, was just like, you know, I remember that this was another humiliation (laughs) period that I had to go through. Uh Um, And then um, saying, um, telling my adopted dad, she was the vocal point, vocal person that, you know, told my adopted dad that I was pregnant. And I'm like, you know, waiting for the the response that um, he was very disappointed. He really didn't say too much to me the whole time that I was pregnant. I knew that he just didn't know what to say. But she did say to me after those two talks, those two initial, that was very, they were very vital in our family, the pastor of our church that I called Pop, Pop Mac and my adoptive father, her husband, she did say to me, she said, Kim, she said, if you were 13 years old, you got yourself in this position, you would still have the baby. You know, we don't believe in abortion. Yeah. She said, but you are a woman now. Yeah. So I would like to just express that because somebody might've heard that before, or even if they didn't hear hear that was treated that way. So it kind of helped my mentality too, to be switched to that statement. And that I had, I had to figure this womanhood thing out. I had to figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. So after I had her, you know, my mentality did help with that statement that stuck with me and yes. um it worked in my favor but it also worked against me that i had to figure down down you know my path the journey what what was off and what yes. wasn't what i had to go back and give myself the biggest gift was then later way later behind the uh down the road is um is um, uh, giving myself the biggest gift by choosing me because yeah. i was stuck into mm-hmm. choosing my children, choosing what I could do for them, you know, being the woman, as yeah. my mother said, of uh, having a child, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's a struggle, no matter <laughs> what age women are having children. I think that's always the struggle. Is that it's very rare that we make the choice to choose us, us because yes. once you know there are other beings in our presence, yeah, we always choose them first, yeah, and so. Um, that was, I think one of the biggest things that I had to realize as well, when I was going through the thick of the struggle in my early thirties was that Mm -hmm. I was choosing everyone, but me. And that went all the way back to that high school girl and that bad relationship, choosing him over me, choosing Mm -hmm. everyone and everything over me and not realizing that I was a doing that, but B how to make a change and just, and it didn't have to be huge. It just was, could be something small. So What was, um,
1: one thing that you did that allowed you to start choosing yourself? Um, well, that first thing, like I said, was accepting and embracing everything that was broken, my foundation, the things that really had happened. I put it Mm -hmm. into a um, box, like, yeah, it happened, but it wasn't that bad. It was, I like, I minimized it. I Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it, it affected me. Yeah. It, it affected me very Mm -hmm. much, (laughs) you know, and, um, And then um, I had to really look at my uh, repeated cycles that were Mm -hmm. unhealthy and that was toxic and that I just kept repeating them in relationships. And that, as you were saying, I kept, I had to really stand back and see all the choices that I made Mm -hmm. was very rare minimum when it had to do with me. Yes. And when I think back, think back about my first educational um, thing um, of uh, dropping out of high school at 11 because I'm trying to be that woman and uh, taking care of my uh, daughter at the time of going back and getting my high school diploma because I wanted to go to college was um, that was for me, but more so it was for my daughter Yes, to never see that I could not provide or have mm-hmm. a job that I could not take care of them. You get what I'm saying? So I had to continue to go back and be like, what minimum what many things that I really did for me? And I was like, Ken, and I was like, no, that was for I stayed in abusive relationships more than I could remember because of I didn't want them to see not them not in a two-parent home. Yes. (laughs) And um it didn't matter how I was treated. Uh sometimes I was like, um, well, I could get cussed out or I could get hit, but there we, we live in a nice home. Yeah. I don't have to miss a meal or they don't have to miss a meal here. I know they'll you know, so yeah. it's like okay, so let me really get this one shot of choosing me. Yeah. Choosing me and see where uh remember my adopted dad, he only had a third grade education, but he used to say, Timmy, if you want something different you have to do something different. If you want a different result, you may have to do a different thing to get different results. So, um, and he would always say, if you can't stand for one thing, you'll fall for anything. So baby, you Mm -hmm. have to find something that Mm -hmm. you will stand for. And so I started getting in and I said, maybe I need to link with not only choosing me, but stand up for me. Yeah. Not not allow or want anyone else to stand up for me, but stand up for my beliefs. Stand up for mm-hmm. how I want to be treated. Stand mm-hmm. up for how I want the, my life to be lived. Um, and, and 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 trust God that He will fill in the gaps. Yeah, but I have to stand up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can't put that power, I can't put that control, or I can't put that in no one else's hands but me. So if it takes, it takes for me to change me and to give myself the biggest gift in choosing me, all of me, then this is what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. And that's, that's how I started. So was that scary? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had to, I had to find a system. Mm -hmm. I had to create, you know, it was all, it was all of me or nothing. Mm -hmm. I had to choose, um, you know, um, who I allowed, you know, to be in my circle, who I said can't be in my circle, who um, I had to. That's not
0: easy in itself. No,
1: it's not. Mm -hmm. And and that was even included family and friends. Yeah. So, but I had to get it that it had to start with me. Mm -hmm. I could not have this done without me. And guess mm-hmm. what? I also had to find out and to accept that I was capable. Yes. In the back of my mind somewhere, mm-hmm. I felt that I was not capable mm-hmm. of choosing. Yes, because people
0: tell you that. Yes, of choosing. want you to believe yes, that, that, that you're so that you incapable. continue to stay yes. there with them and exactly. choose them and not yourself.
1: You're absolutely right. So once I got, hey, I can do it. It was so empowering. But mm-hmm. it had to start with me that I can choose to say one well, one time it was one of the both one of the most powerful moments of my life when I I said no to yes. someone that was toxic in my life and I met it I said no <laughs> I really met it and then I remember somebody probably can relate to this but it's I am just so uh, I, one thing about me I'm very very transparent and you told yes. me that I could be but um I remember absolutely and this was in my late forties being free and saying with so much confidence, I'm so glad you don't want me. Yes. Because that was one of the biggest hurtful times and rejections when Mm -hmm. I would get a partner or someone say, I don't want you. Yes. I hate you. I don't want you. And I would kind of crash and feel broken because I've Wanted feeling so much of validation of not want me. Why right. not want me? I've done, done everything. I'm about the, the the most loving and person yeah. that you could ever want. How then dare it's like, you? If you
0: don't right. want me? Then exactly. what's wrong with me. Yeah,
1: exactly. But when I had got that empowerment of choosing myself, and I literally, literally, Kim, would I tell you that last time I said good. I am so glad you don't want me and started laughing. It was like, whoo, I'm capable.
0: Yes. And you at that point are like, you have just done me the um, biggest favor, favor. Yes. by saying that because now I know, like, I know, like, I know that I can walk <laughs> away from you and yes. I don't
1: even need to think yes. twice about it. Yes. You got it. Yes. So I much. love it. Yes. <laughs> But it took years. It, it yes. was a process, and I remember, like I said, and I'm so glad I was able to share that story. But yeah. I remember quite a few times being mm-hmm. told that, mm-hmm. wanting to kill myself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: thought about suicide mm-hmm. many times, wanted just to break, yeah, because of those words were mm-hmm. so toxic. But it, in, I invited it in my spirit to really break me because I couldn't love myself. I didn't love myself enough to choose me and to be capable of saying no more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think that's because we're raised, I think, collectively Mm -hmm. as a society where we are taught that we need other people to tell us that we're beautiful, that we're valuable, that we're loved, that, you know, we'll always, they'll always be there for us. And we're not really taught to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not really taught to do that. Right. So I think that's where we fall into that trap. of Looking for other people to do it for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like, that's sort of where that broken foundation starts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we can repair that, fill in all the cracks, make it beautiful again for ourselves, it makes it easier to move forward without that validation from everyone else.
1: You're absolutely right. And see, even when you were saying about how you were raised, I remember, and I know someone can relate from my up to five foundation was uh, no acceptance Mm -hmm. from my biological mother. Mm -hmm. So that was always a need, always a want from someone, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 I got it from my biological father and Mm -hmm. then he disappointed me once he dropped me off Mm -hmm. and then I was like the rejection was and the abandon was was was, how could you accept me but then you didn't come back and get me or you didn't keep me you know so all that was confusing to where it was heightened that sensitivity Mm -hmm. of being accepted and Mm -hmm. being wanted and not being left or not feeling like you are not for me you know yeah yeah And it's tough because I,
0: my story is different. Um, My parents divorced when I was very little Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom actually is a product of the foster care system. And that was horrific. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like my mom really worked hard to do her best to break the cycle of what she was raised into and considering what she experienced, she did a really good job But going through my parents' divorce. My mom. Remarried very quickly, and then mm-hmm. had a child with my stepdad. And then I, my dad, he dated a few women, but um, my stepmom, you know, they dated, and then within a year they were engaged, and then married. And um, so it was. I always described it as like feeling like being in purgatory. Like I really didn't feel like I fit fit in at my mom's. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like I fit in at my dad's. Mm-hmm. And so, while I knew that my parents loved me, it just always felt like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. And. I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Right. And I don't think it pertains to my parents' divorce. Maybe it's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, So there was always that sort of underlying void there, feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, I have like when I have to have a boyfriend, I have mm-hmm. to have a boyfriend. So I was mm-hmm. boy crazy from a very, very early age. Right. Because right. of that. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of fell into the trap of like the first boy who paid me attention, I started dating him and he was older than me, two years older. And this is when I was 15. Um, and he had already been in and out of prison, Mm. um, and not a good choice. And then he didn't treat me well. So I had this other boy, you know, begging to be with me. So I broke up with the first boy, started dating the second boy. And that was also an abusive relationship. And like I said, it didn't start that way, but I stayed with him for five and a half years Mm -hmm. until I finally reached my breaking point. Like enough is enough. Cause he was in jail. I stood by him. He got out of jail. I still stood by him, even though I didn't want to be with him. And then come to find out he got a girl pregnant. And that was when I was like, okay, that's enough for me to be like, this is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Nothing is changing. And I'm out of here. So basically at 21, I restarted my life going back to college because I didn't go to college right out of high school. Mm -hmm. So it was like, so our journeys are very similar, but different in many ways, but there's still that underlying theme. I think a lot of women go through that, especially in college, dealing with breakups, high school with breakups,
1: you know all sorts of different dynamics, but it's really finding their, yeah. Or or owning their self-worth or yeah. Yeah. It's just challenging. I think, and I hear you saying we have maybe, and all of us different experiences and different lifestyles and different family dynamics. But like you said, the similarities is right Mm -hmm. there as us as women of not having our self-worth, you know, built and, Mm -hmm. um, our self-esteem and finding it later on, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it makes, it can make for a challenging journey, but for a beautiful journey as well. So if someone is listening and they're thinking, yes, everything that you, Kim and Kim have said totally (laughs) resonates, but I don't really know where to start. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a good starting
1: point? Well, I would say the, the, the best starting point that I could um, suggest is uh, just accepting mm-hmm. the things that has happened and embracing because that was one of the the things that I had to stick with that, um, that statement was I couldn't just leave out one and not put the other in because mm-hmm. I had to embrace that um, it didn't have to stay that way. Once yeah. I accepted it, that these are the things and these are the flaws when I, um, I feel um, I'm not worthy, uh, Where is it came from, but I can embrace that I am worthy mm-hmm. and I am beautifully and wonderfully made, created by the image of God and that yeah. he wants me to love and be loved mm-hmm. the right way he created yeah. love so it, it shouldn't be confusing it's not hurtful but it's one of the most beautiful thing in the world but I had to um put those things together so that's what I would suggest is that accept and embrace and then lastly but not least just give yourself and you can do it at any time you talked about you know I'm almost 50 though so I'm so glad <laughs> I can't wait Next year, but it's oh, you're excited t- to turn from, yeah, I turn am. To boarding, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like, it's still taking me a little bit of adjustment. I'm like, no, oh i excited. I'm, I'm excited. I am so excited. Um, I think because of the journey, I, yes. I I just love it. I just love it. So I'm ready for it. But I I just want to share that you know, um, it doesn't have an age. But one of the things that um uh, would be the best gift that we could give ourselves as women. Is choosing us at whatever age it is and uh, choosing us goes, I have a long list of making the best decision for us Mm -hmm. to live with, not for anyone else, but for us to live with and to shine and to glorify God and be the person, be the woman, be the mother, be the daughter, be the uh, friend that we know that we can be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love it. And I feel like acceptance is such a big piece because as long as we can continue to deny the things that have happened in our past, that denial is what keeps us stuck. Yeah. 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 Because then you can't move past it because they're always kind of creeping around in the background. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to bring it to the forefront. You have to accept it because that acceptance is going to be what allows you to acknowledge it and figure out what you need to do to work through it. Mm -hmm. and embrace it so that you can show up to be the best version of yourself
1: because life is short it is and I wasn't so much in too much denial because I know those things happen I remember at five I remember at six I remember the traumatic you know but I would Mm -hmm. I was a great minimizer like I was Mm -hmm. like it wasn't that bad you know because I didn't want people to feel sorry for me I'm not Mm -hmm. you know but I I then I I started saying yeah this was sad. And then I remember being in a season of feeling responsible for Mm -hmm. what things that had happened to me that these adult people had done or situations. And that's another thing that I want to share. We have to get to that point of accepting we're not responsible. Yes. For how we were treated, the situations that had happened and what you know, we had encountered through our journey, we're not responsible for what anybody else has done. Mm
0: -hmm. What we're
1: responsible for is our own healing and our own journey in this life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just chatting with um, another podcast guest uh, recently, and we were talking about adversity and, you know, how she was raised with, um, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, her dad always told her, "Um, it doesn't matter the cards that you're dealt, it's matter how you play it. What matters is how you play the cards. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's where this responsibility piece comes from. Not what happens to you, but how you use it to move forward.
1: Because we can get so sidetracked as women, because we're, we're uh, nourishers and try to change, try to fix, Mm -hmm. but we can get so sidetracked. And I remember for years feeling responsible and it held and delayed a lot of my blessings. And I was just like, you got, I got to get it together. I'm not responsible for whatever this woman was going through, whatever she couldn't accept mm-hmm. me, but I am now responsible. And I've always been responsible how I dealt with it. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And that how is, I had what I had to do to heal from it, what yeah. I had to do to accept it, yes. not change what happened. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that gives you your power back. Right. So when you keep that risk, when you put that feeling of responsibility on yourself of the situation, it allows that other person it allows the situation to keep your power. But when Mm -hmm. you recognize that you weren't responsible for that, that was that person saying that situation, it, it changes the dynamic of the situation and it gives you that power back. That was probably, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be stripped away.
1: Right. And not only is your power, your, your voice. Yes. And that's what, I'm glad that you have this platform for us to be able to share and say, it's not okay for us to have a silent cry or have our voice taken for someone that we're not responsible for in a situation of but we can be heard and we do have a voice and we do have a choice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen to that.
0: Because (laughs) um, I feel like so often we do feel like um, we don't have a voice, you know, we don't want to say anything because we don't want people to think badly about us. We don't want to say anything because we, you know, don't want to be a burden to someone. We don't say anything because, you know, we think like, well, what what could they say? You know, what could they do? It is what it is. And so we suffer in silence. Mm
1: -hmm. Family and friends, too. I'm just led to say, you know, I got to a point and I had to choose it. I had to choose me and I had to accept that I'm capable of to say, look, that was your problem. Whatever how you handle that situation or how you handled me or treated me, that is on you. Mm-hmm. I'm after my healing. I got to be whole. Yes, I'm moving forward. Yeah, this is how I this is how I live my life. Now, if you choose to be in it, you choose. If you are not, you don't. But this is how it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And you'll find <laughs> that the people who are genuine will yes. join you in the journey. Yes, the people who
1: are not genuine not. are quick exactly. to jump ship. Exactly, you're right. And yeah. and when you choose yourself, you're able to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not choosing yourself and you're choosing everybody else or every situation around you, you will definitely break and fall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the ship just slowly yeah. starts to slide. Your yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right.
0: So Kim, this was such an amazing <laughs> chat. I feel like you chatting. chatting, yes. And chatting forever. yes. Um, thank you so much for mm-hmm. having taking the time. You said when when
1: I first got on here, third time is a charm. Yes. (laughs) How had it happened? Yes. And so (laughs) I had rehearsed
0: this. (laughs) Right. So just quick snippet. So the first time we were going to record, Kim had this horrible swollen eye and then, Something else came up and now here we are. So, third time's a charm. Right. Um, so it happened
1: perfectly just the way it was meant to. Let me just and- tell the women it was about the lashes, honey. I am not in a business <laughs> that no more of that. It was my little lashes it was. Oh, it was the it, lashes. I was yes, yes, oh, I'm no. to the glue. Yes, really? I love them, but I I can't do the glue. Yes.
0: Yeah, oh so. my gosh. Right. That is awful. When she hopped on zoom, her poor eye, <laughs> she was like, I was like, let's reschedule. She's was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 100%, 100%. Don't want you having a big swollen eye while we're chatting. Yeah. So, um, and if you would like to take a look at Kim's memoir, I have the links yes. in the show notes. So you can go right to her links to get her memoir. So you're not going down the internet rabbit hole, trying to find it. And if Mm -hmm. you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you'd be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of guidance and support and really a one-stop shop resource because let's face it, us ladies, we have to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next (laughs) week.